Well, I'm going to preach a message that I'm looking forward to preaching, and I was going to look forward to Wednesday night preaching it, and God changed my heart, so I'm not going to continue in Mark till next Sunday morning. We're going through the whole book of Mark. You visitors would love to have you come every Sunday morning uh, to um, <clears throat> go through this great adventure of portraying, as the Gospel of Mark portrays, Jesus the servant of all servants, the Son of Man. He came to us when we couldn't come to Him. And I will tell you something, friend, he's God no matter what. He alone is God and God enough. He's unshakable. He's unchangeable. Praise God, he is God. And he will, he, he's still on the throne and he's still in control. So amen. I thank God for that. This world's falling apart, but I will tell you something. God's not alarmed. He's not upset. He's not wringing his hands. You can have the peace of God if you'll just trust in the God of peace. Amen. Thank God. Romans chapter 12, I'm going to read two familiar verses, and after this morning's sermon, I'm a little afraid to read it, because we're going to take it for granted probably, because we've read it so many times. This verse means a lot to me. I was on the back row uh, playing Date the Girl, I think, when I was a teenager, fooling around, not doing nothing for God, not interested in things of God, and I looked up and there was a man that was so weak, dying of cancer, that he couldn't hardly move to the pulpit, and he made his way to the pulpit. F.M. Davis was his name. And when he started preaching, he took this text. And I want to tell you something. God used that message to help me surrender my life to God totally. And I want to tell you why. Because when he started preaching, life came in his face, but life came out his mouth, and life was in his heart. And our dying man was preaching to a bunch of Wilton Christians, and I want to tell you something, that night I went down the aisle and I presented my life to Jesus Christ. I'd already been saved several years, and um, at 18 years of age I rededicated my life, dedicated my life, and my mother told me after the service, I didn't realize it, that I was a little embarrassed, he was, I was embarrassed her a little bit, because I wasn't kneeling at the altar, I was laying on the altar. And I will tell you something, friend, I guess I needed to get up on the altar, amen, and offer myself uh, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. But that changed my life. That Sunday night changed my life. I wouldn't be in the ministry tonight. I wouldn't be started this church 41 years ago, almost in a couple of weeks, uh, if it hadn't been for that night. So this night could be your night where you realize what life's all about. So I'm going to preach a sanctity of life message because... Uh, Several years back, I mean a whole lot of years back, uh, we made a dark decision as a country, uh, and the baby lived, and the lie was that she was raped, uh, and that she was uh, wanting an abortion, and the baby uh, is still alive today, I believe, and uh, millions and millions of babies have been aborted in America, and I want to prove to you scripturally when life began, and what you do about it, and why are you here, so the title of the message is Sanctify, Sanctity of Life, Therefore Sanctify Your Life Unto God. You know, God deserves your life. You don't deserve His life, but He, de you de he deserves your life because He created you for one reason. And I'll get to that in just a minute. Let's stand. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now listen to this. 
And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let me just say this before you're seated and we pray. It's dangerous to be out of the will of God. It's wasteful to be out of the will of God. And you'll be a day of regret if you die and face Christ, your creator, your sustainer, and and your savior out of the will of God. Precious, precious, precious is the will of God. Don't miss it. God created you for his glory and the will of God. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to preach once again. And I thank you, God, for life. I thank you for the life you've given me and the health and strength to be here. I thank you, dear God, for my children. I thank you for my grandchildren. I thank you for my dear wife. I thank you, dear God, for every blessing that, Lord, money can't buy and the government can't tax. God, I thank you for the eternal spiritual blessings uh, that come by being your child, an heir, a joint heir with Jesus. So, Lord, dear God, help us to find out what life's all about. And, God, help us to realize what you define life about. Lord, when you started it, and, God, thank you, Lord, that you breathe life in all of us. Thank you, God, that our mothers let us live. And I pray, dear God, that our country get right with God and uh, stop this uh, killing of babies. And, Lord, I pray if there's anyone that's had that... Uh, uh, made that tragic decision, and, and Lord, we know there's forgiveness after abortion. And God, we thank you that you're forgiving, God. And Lord, I pray that you'd heal and comfort and strengthen, and God, help us to resolve for the next generation's sake when life begins and what life's all about. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, your body is a miracle from God. And you look it in the mirror, you probably don't think that often. Amen. It's wilting away. But I I got 15 facts about the human body that's amazing. Number one, your mouth produces about one liter of saliva each day. Stop spitting. No, not really. But, uh, and you know, I don't know where it all goes, praise God. I know I'm allergic to aspirin. And if I take aspirin, uh, the fountains start flowing and I about drowned. And so I don't take aspirin much. Uh, And then your brain is sometimes more active when you're asleep than when you're awake. Can somebody say amen right there? Some of you wild dreamers, amen. I mean, it's more active when you are asleep. And that's why I thank God for all you that sleep during my message. I know you're thinking hard, amen. But anyway, number three, laid end to end, an adult blood vessels could circle the earth equator four times. I'm going to repeat that fact. Matter of fact, I had to look this up and make sure it was right, all you science brains. It says, laid end to end, the adult blood vessels uh, could circle the earth equator four times. It says, for every pound that you're overweight, uh, your vessels have to pump blood, um, I think, four more miles. So some of us is pumping blood around the world. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. But uh, uh, that's that's, that's amazing that we got that many vessels in us. Amen. Amen. Number four. The word muscle comes from the Latin term little mouth, which is an ancient Romans thought uh, flexed bicep muscles resembled. Amen? That's a very little mouth. But anyway, 
Number five, bodies give off a tiny amount of light that's too weak for the eye to see. So that was a scriptural song, amen? We ought to let our light shine, amen? The average person has 67 different species of bacteria in their belly button. Y'all check that one out, amen? Um, you lose about four kilograms of skin cells every year. I had to look up what a kilogram is. It's 2.2 pounds. So a lot of you are losing about four pounds of skin cells every year. Wow. Some of you left them on the pew. But anyway, number eight, babies don't shed tears until they're at least one month old. Well, they sure make a lot of noise. Say amen. Uh, number nine, imp- this is amazing to me now. This, this, this God is a great creator. Say amen. I mean, this, this ain't no junk. We're talking about our body. Our te- the temple of the Holy Spirit should not be abused, amen, or neglected. I'm getting a conviction of my own preaching now. I'm going to have to start exercising. Information zooms along nerves at, a, at about 400 kilomiles a minute, and that is 248 miles per hour that your nerves send information. That's fast, amen? That's faster than most computers. The human heart beats more than 3 billion times in the average lifespan. Amen. And I will tell you something, it's the best pump that's ever around. You don't need a valve job till you're 70 years into it, amen? Praise God. Uh, Your pump, this is the greatest pump, this is the greatest computer, this is the greatest telescope. Thank God, friend, we have 200... Uh, uh, bones in our body and, and, uh, and, and all that lubricant and joints uh, and, they don't, nobody, and nobody's going around here squeaking much. Amen. Uh, let me just say this. Your left lung is about 10% smaller than your right one. Human teeth are just as strong as shark teeth. <clears throat> I believe that. I tried to break up that ladies meeting. I said, I ain't going in there. Amen. Uh, and that, and I, I'm all for this uh, giving stuff amen you ought to get involved in it, ladies amen it's good to give and it's good to have a spiritual sister will and workers used to have that i like it i'm for it 100 percent scientists estimate that uh, the nose can recognize a trillion different scents wow that's amazing that's amazing isn't it that's why you ought to wear a little deodorant once in a while say amen but anyway Humans are the only species known to blush. Amen. And your blood makes up about 8% of your body weight. And there's life in the blood. Amen. My chiropractor says that there's life in drinking water. He told me the other day that I need to drink um, two gallons of water per day. I told him, I said, that will start a restroom ministry in a heartbeat, amen? <laughs> I can't drink two gallons of water. He said, it'll help your feet, it'll help everything about you. He's just sold on water. But I'm going to tell you something, friend, I'm sold on the blood. Because there's life in the blood, amen? And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Folks, your, your, your body is a miracle. Think about it. You was not, how many, how many of you know that uh, Darwin got saved. I got his testimony right here. It's a long one. Amen. Uh, 
shortly before the death of Charles Darwin, with whom began the theory of organic evolution, uh, he, said, he said this, I was a young man with uninformed ideas. I threw out queries and suggestions. To my astonishment, they took off like wildfire. That's a devil anointed it. And later he suggested to a Christian friend that she speak to the servant, servant's tenants and neighbors. And she asked, well, what shall I speak about? And Darwin said this, Christ Jesus, the Redeemer of mankind. Thank God he got saved. Say amen. And folks, this evolution theory is ridiculous. That we evolved someone sell amoebo that flipped over and became a tadpole. And the tadpole got so jumpy, became a frog. And the frog got so hairy. And the hairy ape got so intelligent that he showed up at Shaw running the carpet industry. Now, folks, monkeys do not make men now. And monkeys have never made men. My great-grandparents are not baboon and sambo. Thank God there were godly people that loved God. I called her that mama because she prayed every Sunday morning for my daddy. And I must apologize for what I said about my daddy yesterday. I, I was not a son of a drunk. I'll never use that term again. I was a son of a man that had a very bad drinking problem. But he worked every day. He worked hard every day as a sheet metal worker. He took care of us even though he drank every night. So I apologize for that term. I'll never use it again. But I thank God that he got saved. At the age of 63, while I was preaching, and nine years or seven years later, he died of cirrhosis of the liver. And on his deathbed, he said, the only regret I have is I only lived seven years. I only lived seven years. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Now, I'm going to get right down to the message, but I'm going to tell you something, friend. If you're believing in evolution or you're believing that you are uh, your own maker, are you uh, you're, you're built by uh, pulled yourself up by your own bootstraps? You got another thought coming, and your philosophy is humanistic, when our philosophy ought to be spiritual. And I want to show you two different philosophies in the in the Word of God, and I hope you'll uh, realize it. Sir Isaac Newton, let me give you this: had a replica of a solar system uh, made in a miniature in the center of the sun, and all the tentacles of the planets revolved around. And the scientists, a brilliant scientist, entered. Uh, Newton's study one day and explained, my, what an exquisite uh, thing this is, talking about the model. Who made it? And Sir Isaac Newton in his wisdom said, nobody. Nobody. Replied Newton to the questionnaire who was an unbeliever. And he said, you must think I'm, I'm a fool. Of course somebody made it. And he's a genius. He knew he'd made it. Laying his books aside, Newton rose and laid a hand on his friend's shoulder and said, The thing is but a puny imitation of a much grander system whose laws you and I know, and I am not able to convince you that this mere toy is without a designer and maker, yet you profess to believe that the great original form which the design is taken has come into being without either designer or maker. Now tell me, speaking of that not too wise scientist, by what sort of reasoning do you reach such incongruous conclusions? Thank God he knew that somebody made that, that model, made that toy. And I want to tell you something, friend. Somebody made you, and he made you for a reason. And thank God for that, and that life began at conception. The Bible says, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. But in Psalms 139, we see the psalmist, as we studied a little bit on Wednesday night, 
In Psalms 139, we see the psalmist carrying on a conversation with the Lord. I believe in a personal relationship with the living God, amen? If you have a dead religion, it ain't going to do you a bit of good, amen? You can be religious and lost. You can be a member of Whitfield Baptist Church and go straight to hell. But you need is a relationship with your Creator. And the only way you're going to get back to your Creator is through Jesus Christ because Adam and Eve blew it in the garden. And all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And by one sin, sin entered all men, and we have an Adamic nature. And that's our great-grandparents, Adam and Eve. Amen? And I won't say Adam and Steve, Brother Gregor, because you get offended. But God help a nation that thinks it's all right to redefine marriage. God defined marriage. But he says, O Lord, thou search me and know me. Now that's a personal relationship, thou. Look at Psalms 139, verse 2. Thou knowest my downsettings, my uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassed my path and my lying down and are acquainted with my ways. And there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. He didn't say he knew it. He said thou, he's talking to God. Thou hast, listen to this, thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Whether shall I go from the Spirit, or whether shall I flee from thy presence? Now, folks, here's a beautiful thought that you cannot get out of the presence of God if you're saved. Listen to this. Now, you can quench the Spirit, but He's still there. He just wants to be Lord of your life. He says, I will, I will ascend into heaven, thou art there. I'll make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand uh, lead me and thy hand, right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light upon me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day, and the darkness and light are both alike to thee. Listen to this now. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. Now folks, he didn't say he was poor to protoplasm that wasn't human. He says, you've covered me in my mother's womb. Now listen to this. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now some of those were little humorous comments, but I want to tell you something, friend. Your body is a miracle. Your life is a miracle. Every heartbeat is from God. Every step is enabled by God. Every thought is because God gave you that thought. You know, one of the most horrendous um, uh, disease a person can get is Alzheimer's. Um, Miss Tinsley, grandmama, began to get that, and, and uh, I never called her Miss Tinsley. It's always grandmama. And folks, I want to tell you something. You ought to thank God for every thought. You ought to thank God for every recognition of people. That's from God. And folks, the mind is so feeble and so fragile, one day you mightn't be without it. Some of you look like you left it at home right now. But uh, listen, listen, and all just aside, God gives you every thought. God gives you every step, gives you every heartbeat. Every breath is an individual blessing from God. I've said that a hundred times at funerals, and I'll keep on saying it. Don't take your creator, God, for granted. Don't take life for granted. I'm preaching to the young people here, but also the older people that's got older before you knew it. Is that don't waste your life in sin. Look at this. It says, uh, I, I praise thee. Are you praising God daily? Are you mourning and murmuring and complaining? 
He knows your murmuring. He knows your motives. He knows your movements. I was trying to get somebody to smile on the way out here. I said, did you enjoy the service? And he just frowned at me a little more. I said, man, I ain't going to ever crack this guy. He never smiles at me. But you know something? I'm not here for your smile. I'm here for his smile. Amen? Amen? And I want to tell you something, friend. If he smiles upon it, then we can thank God we're in the will of God. Folks, it says, wonderfully made, marvelous are thy works, that thy soul with knoweth right well. And then here it is, my substance was not hid from thee. The word substance in the Hebrew is embryo. It's where we get our, the name embryo. Folks, the embryo was not hid from God. When I was made in secret, there's the womb, and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, thine eyes did see my substance. Listen to this now. Yet being unperfect, that means not developed completely, and I believe God puts the genes not on you but in you when you're a baby, and it's already predetermined you're going to lose your hair when you're 30, so don't worry about it. That you're going to have a mind like you've got a mind. You're going to have a personality like you've got a personality. That's just you. Amen. Don't try to be anybody else. Amen. Because you're anybody else, then you're not there. They're not there, so nobody's there. <laughs> but listen to this. It says, the eye, listen to this. This is so wonderful. It says, thine eyes did see my substance. And being an imperfect, not developed yet, <clears throat> in, the, in thy book all my members were written, which in continuous were fashioned, when I was yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. And I'll tell you, the sum is, some of, of, of the thoughts of God towards you is, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believed him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the sum total of his thoughts. He loved you enough to come to this earth to redeem your unworthy soul and save you by the grace of God. That is a wonderful thought, but it's also a wonderful sacrifice, and he's a wonderful Lord. It says, if I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I, will still, I am still with thee. Surely thou will slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore ye bloody men. For thy speak against the wicked, and thy enemies take thy name in vain. The world's full of trouble. It's full of hatred. Do I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? Am I not grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. But look at this. If you really believe God is God, he's your creator, he's your sustainer, and he's your savior, this ought to be your attitude. This is the whole sermon tonight. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I want to really hurry through this outline and I'll give you, and I don't usually have an outline because it makes me more teaching than preaching. Uh, it's on the board there is. I have an outline, I promise you. But folks, the sanctity of life means this. God created you for a reason. And God created you when you were, when you were conceived, created you did not just get born later on. Now, you get born again, but I want to tell you something. Life begins in the substance. Life began in the womb. Now, if that offends you, I'm sorry. This is not politically correct. This is scripturally correct. God didn't call me to be politically correct. And I'm not going to mince words about it, folks. God fearfully and wonderfully made you 
even though you were imperfect and just a little helpless babe, God planted in you a desire for him. But also, you have a sinful nature. And that sinful nature had to be reconciled. God is our creator. God is our leader. God is our Lord. God is our master. And I'll tell you what our pursuit ought to be. His perfect will. And our response ought to be this. Number one, there's a, there's a right philosophy of life. A right philosophy of life, Brother Cody. But let me start with there's a wrong philosophy of life. Folks, I want to tell you something. There's a wrong philosophy of life called secular humanism. You know what I'm talking about? I ain't got time to go over it. But as Christians, we reject the philosophy of the human nature that man is supreme. That man uh, doesn't need God. Man is supreme and, and he does what's right in his own eyes. The Bible says in Judges chapter 21, verse 23, they did what was right in their own eyes. They had no ruler, no king. They just did what was right in their own eyes. And folks, I want to tell you something. You're not wise enough to know God's will without God. And folks, I want to tell you something. You're not able to fulfill that will. Folks, man, folks, is, is, is not their own source of moral values. And then second of all, that man is accountable to himself. I want to say this, friend, he's Lord, he's Master, he's King of Kings, and he's coming again, and we're going to give account to him, and that's a fearful thought. That's a fearful thought. Folks, here's the right philosophy of life, the right philosophy of life. Man, life is a gift from God. Amen? He's, it's a gift from God. I want you to look at Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 6. I've already quoted this verse, but I want to read it. Deuteronomy 32 and verse 6, please. And I won't keep you long, I promise you. Just a few more minutes, <clears throat> ministerially speaking. <clears throat> the Bible says, do you requite the Lord? You know what that's saying? Are you arguing with God? Are you talking back? Well, I used to get in trouble talking back to my mama. She would, whoo, whoa, man, I, I ain't going to tell you what she did to me. Y'all turn her into the Planned Parenthood Society or something. When I talked back to her, my daddy, I didn't talk back to him. If he was, he was passed out in his plate, and we had to drag him to bed. We never talked back to him. We, we learned respect. And folks, this day and age, respect's down the drain. But I want to tell you what really bugs me and grieves me is that there's a lot of people who don't respect God. The services are like... Uh, Contemporary concerts, and there are celebrities in the pulpit, and jugglers for Jesus, and clowns for Christ, and the, and the and it's almost the congregation sovereign. They pick the message that they want to hear, and if you don't preach to please man, they leave. And folks, that's not a church. Sounds like a nightclub to me. But I want to tell you something, folks. We're not here for ourselves. We're here for Him. We're not even here to be blessed. We're here to bless His name. But if we bless his name, we'll be blessed. So stop arguing with God. It says, do you requite the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? Is not he thy father that has bought thee? God paid the price for you. And then, has he not made thee? I think we established the fact that we came from God. Say amen. If monkeys made men back then, why don't they make them now? And by the way, the philosophy of the evolution causes people to act like animals because they think they came from animals. And there's no accountability. 
and there is no God, but there is. And listen, the Bible says, and established thee. He has saved you, He has made you, and He has sustained you. Can somebody say amen? Some of y'all have had near-death experiences. You've ridden with your wife. No, not really. You, you've, uh, you've, uh, you've, uh, you've had a bad wreck. You've OD'd. You've uh, got so drunk you got home, you didn't even know how you got home. Uh, you've had a bad disease. You're here by the grace of God. Folks, He's established you. He's sustained you. And I want to tell you something, friend. He has every right because He's gifted you so much to claim you as His own. You're His child. And you ought to obey Him. Immediately and partially and, and, and folks without complaint. Threefold claim of life. He's made you, he's saved you, he's sustained you. The Bible says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Psalms 24.1 The world and they that dwell in it. We're not our own. That's a threefold claim. Number three, man's life is to be governed by God. What's the whole duty of man? Fear God and keep His commandments. Ecclesiastes 12.3 Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And then fourthly, folks, man is accountable to God. One day we're going to give account. Romans 14.12 says, Every man shall give account of himself to the Lord. didn't say give account to Chris, of, of Chris Petty or Eddie or Andrew. I'm not going to give the account for them. I'm going to give account to my, for myself. Now, I might give account of how I pastored them. But folks, listen, the right philosophy of life. And I want to tell you what philosophy is. It's a course I took in college that I had no idea what I was in there for. I was a business major, and I didn't think I had to philosophize when I sold somebody something. I just didn't think that was necessary. Matter of fact, I had to have a science. Um, uh, and they said, you need to take biology or geology. So I took geology. I thought, I can't pass science, biology. I'll just, I'll just pass rocks, amen, and try to figure out this is granite. And, this is, and the whole year, uh, we were sitting there identifying rocks and strata. And, and uh, I'll never forget the midterm exam. The, uh, the professor said, you're going to have to write down the theory of evolution on these two pages and turn them in. And so I said, I'm not going to do it. I walked down there with my pen, pencil in my hand. Pen, I turned it in. I said, Here's my test. I'm finished. How did, you, how did you write the whole theory of evolution? I said, I wrote it down, what I believe. And he, he picked it up and looked at it, and I said, God created me. The Bible says it, and that settles it. I'm going to tell you something. That professor cussed me for everything I had. He said, you athletes think you can just boss us around and be what you want to be? I said, hey, sir, I wrote what I believe, and that's it. And I'm not going to write anything else. He said, you won't pass this course. I said, I might not pass this course, but he said, well, erase it. I said, I'm not erasing it. And I want to tell you something, the rest of that course, the rest of that semester, it was tribulation. But praise God on the final exam, the Lord enlightened my soul and eyes to all those rocks, and I made the highest grade on the final exam. Hey, man, I brought that thing up to a C plus. Hallelujah. I passed that course. But I want to tell you something, it takes, it's a miracle of God. That's all I'm saying. But listen. God help us to believe what we believe and live like we believe it.
Because our believing affects our behaving. Folks, if you believe that God created you, act like it. Folks, have the right philosophy. What is philosophy? It's the way you think. I mean, it's just the way you think. How you think about others and think about life. It's a philosophy. I have a philosophy. God created me. God sustained me. God's coming after me. And I'm going to live for Him and please Him. Amen. That's my philosophy of life. But the uh, other people have philosophy. I'm my own God. I got to get some karma going. And I got I to live for myself. And it don't matter what I do because when I die, I'm not going to face nobody. And Folks, I want to tell you something. You need to have a right philosophy of life. And then number two, you need to have a right purpose of life. A right purpose of life. And that purpose is found in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. It says, whether you eat or drink, do it to the glory of God. I think we ought to eat taco salad on a Saturday night to the glory of God. I had a blast. Praise God. I think you that served had a blast. Serving teenagers. One little old girl broken down here, weeping with convulsions. I mean, it just broke my heart. I don't know what she's going through. I don't know what she's been through. I don't know if it was a burden for her daddy to get saved or whatever. But folks, I want to tell you something. I'm just glad God touched her heart. And Folks, we met for the glory of God. Folks, we need to meet for the glory of God. If you do that, your life will be a life of self-denial, of self-denial. Let me just pull some verses out for you, and I won't turn, you don't have to turn to them, just write them down real quick, but I want to tell you, uh, I wrote them down right here, got them written down, that folks, is that the Bible tells us clearly, clearly, that we're going to give account to God, and the Bible says, and he said unto them all, if any, it said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow him. You say, that don't sound like a fun life. Oh, I'm going to tell you something. The worst day of my life in the will of God will beat the best day of your life out of the will of God. Folks, it's an adventure. It's a blessing. It's joy unspeakable to live for God's glory and not live for our little old self. It's self-denial. It's living for the purpose of glorifying God. The Bible says in Isaiah 43, 7, He created all things for His glory. I mean, that sums it up, don't it? He formed you and created you for His glory. And then uh, third of all, it's a surrendered life. Brother Ricky Gravely was preaching a lot on surrender to these young teenagers. And you know, I was, I was agging him on. I said, amen, praise God. You know why? Because these young people surrender to God now. They won't have to go through the junk some of us had to go through out of the will of God. Say amen. The heartache and the pain of being away from our loved ones and seeing what sin brings into the home. And folks, listen, it's a surrender to victory. It's a surrender to peace. It's a surrender to letting God be who He is through you. And so it's a crucified life. The Bible says in Galatians 2.20, write it down. I ain't got time to turn there, but it's written down here. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh. We're all in the flesh. Say amen. <clears throat> it says, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Folks, not only was he crucified for you, you was crucified with him. And you ought to reckon your old man dead. That you don't live for this world. You're not, in, you're not obligated to this world. 
You're not, you're not uh, indebted to this world. I'll tell you who you're indebted to. You're indebted to the Lord Jesus Christ who paid it all. He arose three days later and He gives you life and life more abundant. That's who you're indebted to. That's who you're obligated to. And folks, you're not enlisted like you're in the Marines. Praise God. It's a family matter. You love your Father and He knows best. Amen. And He guides you and loves you and helps you. And folks, if you want to be obstinate and you want to be stubborn and you want to be thick-headed like a lot of people are, just go ahead and go your own way. Go ahead and live your own schedule. Just go ahead and do what you want to do and satisfy your own stinking fleshly appetites. And you will regret it the day you die and you'll regret it because your children will not see an example of surrender and a crucified life. It's a surrendered life. Whatsoever say, listen to this, Luke 9, 24. The Bible says this, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake the same shall save it. I almost said Bill Elliott. That's a race car driver. Jim Elliott, a great missionary, went to Ecuador. Decided he'd fly with five other, maybe it was four other young men, to a place where there's cannibals. And they dropped off supplies and dropped off gospel, and they thought they had those heathens' hearts soft. So they landed the plane. And I'm going to tell you something, friend. Those heathens sliced them up in pieces and had them for supper they were martyrs for Christ and he said this before he landed he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose he didn't know he's gonna give his life as a martyr but folks God maybe hadn't called you to give your life in death God's called you to give your life in life he wants you to live for him folks he wants you to surrender to him say amen so listen, if you think you're losing out on life, I'm closing now, y'all listen in. you got another thought coming. Your philosophy should determine your purpose. And then your purpose determines your priority. Thank God, friend, your life should be wrapped up in one person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just close with this last verse on this slide. The right purpose in life is that you have a yielded life. Now look at Romans 6.13. I want you to turn there, please. Romans 6.13. Wonderful verse. Oh, it's a wonderful verse. The Bible says in Romans 6.13, Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness. When are you going to stop living for yourself? When are you going to stop living for this world? Some people live for their career. Some people live to make a million dollars. They get a million dollars and it corrupts them and everybody kills them and everybody steals from them. I've heard tragedy after tragedy of people. There's a book called Don't Win the Lottery. That's right. And listen, if any of y'all win the lottery, don't tell me. Just tithe. No, not really. But listen, li listen, listen to me. I was going to joke about that. Don't play the lottery. But folks, a lot of people, it changes their life to no good. Money will not make your life. And folks, the love of it's the root of all evil. You say, well, I would like to try a little bit more. But I want to tell you something, friend. What you need to do is have a little bit more yieldedness to God's purpose. Neither yield your members as unrighteous unto sin, but yield yourself unto God. And those that are alive, listen now, from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness, now listen to this, unto God. 
See, let me just say this. God deserves your worship. But he wants something more than a sacrifice on an Old Testament altar of a lamb, ram, dove, or whatever. He wants a living sacrifice. And that sacrifice is to be holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And I want to say this, young people and younger people and older people alike, if you miss the will of God, you miss a lot. If you miss the will of God, I want to say this, friend, you'll have eternal regret, eternal regret, because you miss the will of God. The will of God, number one, is for you to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish, but all who come to repentance. But the will of God is for you to present. I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. What's that saying in our text? Because of Calvary, he has a, he has a right to ask you, to die to self, to be crucified with him. And you are. You just need to reckon it so. And to live unto righteousness, not unrighteousness. Go on with this verse now. But it says, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Folks, you are alive from the dead. When you got saved, it was a miracle. You pass from death unto life. You're a walking miracle. And why do you want to go back to the dregs in the bottom of the cup? Why do you want to live for yourself? Why do you want to live to fulfill your, your will instead of His will? And folks, it's not a matter of willing and dealing. Last line, bottom line of the message. It's a matter of yielding. Now who are you yielding? When you get saved, you receive the Holy Ghost. How many believe that? Say amen. You don't divide God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. And folks, when you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service, He fills you with His Spirit. And when He fills you with His Spirit, you die to self, you mortify the deeds of the flesh, you empty the cup, so to speak. He fills you with His Spirit. And that is the Spirit of Jesus Christ. That's the Spirit of the Holy Spirit that makes you more like Jesus, and you overflow to a lost and dying world. And therefore, it's not about you anymore. It's about Him. It's about His glory. It's about witnessing in every situation. It's about presenting your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service, but being not conformed to this world. Why do you want to be popular in this world? Why do you want to be cool hand Luke, dress like the world, chew like the world, spit like the world? Because the world has nothing to offer. And folks, you're not indebted to the world to be like the world. These fashion trends change every three months. We have to go and, and, and throw our bell bottoms away and get our tight jeans or whatever you have, are you, you're getting. Amen? One day... Uh, Long beards are in and one day bald heads in. I don't know. We're going to change. We're going to go with the flow. Fashion industry loves it. Every three years you buy a new wardrobe. I get it. Amen. It's been a long life. But I'm going to say this. Folks, we should live an unselfish life. Let no man seek his own but every man another's. And it all is summed up on this. Live in the will of God. 
How do you live in the will of God? Let me summarize in 10 seconds. Submit your body to the Lord, God. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. And then separate from the world. And be not conformed to this world. Be you transformed by the renew of your mind. And then that number three is seek the word of God. And so it's submit your body. I believe that's another slide, brother. Next one. Submit your body. Separate from the world. And seek the word of God. And seek the God of the word through the word. And I want to tell you what will happen. You'll find the will of God. You'll experience the will of God. And you can be sure of this, that your life will be fulfilled. I, I, I've never been at a funeral where somebody said, well, he was a rich man. It really doesn't matter because you're going to leave it all behind anyway. I've never seen a U-Haul it behind a hearse at a funeral except one ex-member that wanted to prove a point to me, Rick Persley, and he put one behind a truck just so I'd laugh, and I was in South Africa and couldn't even preach his funeral four years ago, maybe five years ago. He said, I'm going to smile from heaven because I'm going to have a U-Haulet behind my hearse. But I want to tell you something, friend. Knowing Rick personally, that U-Haulet was empty as could be. He probably had to float along to rent it. Come on, you haul it, man. Say amen right there. You can't take it with you. God's will is not for you to die popular. God's will is for you to submit and make him popular. Let me just say the bottom line is of God's will is, is he pleased? Is he pleased? I was looking at something that I, uh, that, I, that I saw that was so so interesting and so real about there's one thing, if I had one request for the year, one request would be that, that, I, that I would please him. You know, at, at the funeral that you have one day, and I hope it's going to be several years from now, but you never know, only what's done for Christ will last. I mean, folks, all the things that you invest in, all the energies, all the appetites, all the actions, all the reactions, they're going to be judged with this one thing. Did it glorify God and did it please Him? Revelation 4.11 says He created all things were and are created for His pleasure. The only way to please God, Hebrews 11.6, is to live by faith. For it's impossible to please God except by faith. And so I, I just want to draw a line on this message and not preach all night. But I want to tell you something, folks. If God created you, and he did, wonderfully and fearfully you're made. And if God has sustained you, and he has, and if God has saved you by his grace, and I hope that he has, then your life is his. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit. Little s, disposition, listen to me now. It's hard sometimes to concentrate. Which are the Lord's. And it says, you're not your own. This, these hands are not my own. These eyes are not my own. This empty skull is not my own. 
this few hairs on my head are not my own. My steps are not my own. My feet are not my own. My heart's not my own. I am His. God has saved me. God has created me. And thank God He has a threefold right to say, I am your Lord. Serve Him with gladness. And don't miss the will of God. Let's pray. Father, thank You for the message. God, thank You that we know where we came from and we know where we're going. And God, we know without a doubt that only what's done, only what's done for Christ will last. So dear Lord, please, oh God, please, 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 oh God, please, accept our sacrifice of ourself tonight. And Lord, help us to lay all that we have, all that we are, and all that we hope to be at your feet. And God, you will bless it. You will multiply it, and you will be glorified through our little old life, whether it lasts 70 years, 80 years, or 100 years, or 20 years. And God, we know the key, the key is yielding, because we can't live in our own strength. We can't muster up enough power, we can't have enough determination to live such a crucified life and such a risen life that glorifies you. We must have your fullness. So Lord, maybe there's somebody that needs to lay at this altar or at least kneel or come and sit on the front row and present their body, a living dead thing, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you, which is your reasonable service. All because of the mercies and grace of God, we beg these things.